Welcome to Round Rock Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening. If you're in the Austin area, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 10 a.m. Or you can check us out and watch online at roundrockchurch.us. May God bless you as you seek Him, and may He use this message to give you exactly what you need. Oh, good morning, church. I'm going to be honest. You're going to get your calories this morning. I'm actually going to ask you to stand for the reading of the Word this morning. If you did not stretch before you came to church, this is where we find ourselves this morning. I'm going to read this passage uh, for you to hear it before we dwell on it. This is Romans 16 that's going to be read from today. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church of Caesarea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in the way worthy of your people and to give her any help that she may need from you, because she has been a benefactor of many people, including me. I want to greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their lives for me. Not only I, but for the churches of the Gentiles that I am grateful to as well. I ask that you greet the church that meets them as well. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia, Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampelatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Meet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, Stack. Meet and greet Apelles whose fidelity in Christ has stood the test. Greet those among the household of Aristopolis. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the household of Narcissus and those in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, and those women have worked so hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who's worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus and greet his mother, who has been like a mother to me. Greet Asinagus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobas, Hermas, and all the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philophagus, Julia, Nurseus, and the sister Olympus, and all the Lord's people. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send their grief. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division, obstacles, for anyone who speaks words contrary to the teachings that you've heard, keep away from them. For people are not serving our Lord Jesus. They're apt. By smooth talk, flattery, they deceive the minds of the naive. Everyone has heard about your obedience. So I rejoice. I want you to be wise about what is good and what is The God of peace will soon crush Satan under May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Take a seat. I resonate with that passage of a long list of names and greetings and gratitude because that feels like what my past week has been like here at Round Rock. Names that I will not remember and deep thanks. Uh, this church has taken such good care of us in one week. We feel 
welcomed. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the search committee for helping bringing us here. I want to say thank you to the leadership of this church as well. I want to say thanks to the Cochran's and to the search team, uh, and especially getting the handoff from my preacher growing up, Tim Curtis. I mean, it doesn't get better than this. And I want to thank you for that. Uh, I wanted to start with just a massive list of thank yous, but that would just be exhausting. So I'm going to give you an image instead of how I feel about this church. Uh, when we were first talking to Round Rock and we were discerning if we were going to come here and do this, we came for a weekend, and when we were leaving from our weekend together, someone had snuck two shirts in with our luggage, and these were the Round Rock Live Love t-shirts. And when we got back, we found the t-shirts, and we said, okay, that was a great conversation. We are going to discern. We are going to stay quiet. And we're going to listen to what God may have to say. I never think of the t-shirt. My wife goes off to visit my lovely wife. She goes off to a business trip. And when I go to pick her back up from this business trip, she is walking across the airport terminal with a round rock t-shirt that says live love on. And being the type of husband I am, I do not welcome her. I do not say hello. I say what are you doing? Why are you wearing that? And she goes, I know, I know we talked about it. But after I met them, you just can't help but love them. And then I thought, my husband wouldn't let me get in the way of living love and wearing that. And I said, yes, Carolina, but I need you to live love quieter than how you are living it right now. Your love is contagious. You wear love on your sleeve. There are a lot of things I do not know about this church yet. But one thing I do know about you is that you live love really well. And one of the things I hope to say in this message today of why church and why specifically this one, and it's not just because I'm biased, it's because I want to share with you a little bit of what I've seen in you as a church and why I think more people should actually hop into what God is doing in this. Now, church has been a very difficult season. Uh, it has been hard to just get together, and then it's been hard to be together when we are here in this place. And some of that has been out of our control. And if you listen to some of the language, not for this church, but just the church as a whole, there's anxiety around gathering. And one of the reasons for that anxiety is that we're gathering in such a time that people are coming from different places and people are working out their difficulties and their perspectives and it's been harder than it usually has been. And sometimes that makes us want to try less when it comes to gathering. And some of us also are in a new season where I would recognize that we are actually coming and saying, I've been missing church, and I know that there's something here that's important, and I can't put words to it. I hope to put some words to it today. Whether you are checked out of church, and maybe you're coming back in, or maybe you've always been checked in, but you need some new language, I hope to give you some. So why church, and why this? One of the ways that this first starts is if we remember 
the end. To begin, it starts with the ending. And the ending that I want to remind you of is Romans 16 today. I want to remind you of this really long text that is just filled with a ton of names and everything that goes with it. Now, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to actually turn to it. This is Romans 16. If you took your Bible and you just divided it into thirds uh, and you go five, five books in, six books, six books, someone fact check me. Six books in, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, go to Romans, and you go to the 16th chapter, you'll find where we are today. Romans is this beautiful letter that's written by this Christian leader by the name of Paul, and he is basically recounting, he is saying things about the love of God as he brings these different people together. And Paul has this wonderful, I mean, it is like his tweet game was strong. It was like his bumper sticker game was strong. You will find some of the richest phrases about the love of God in Romans. I'm going to prove it to you, actually. Ready for this? I'm going to lay it upon you. I went through 15 chapters and I said, these are some of the things that you need to hear when it comes to the love of God. Okay, are you ready for this? It's going to come fast. When it comes to the love of God, Paul says that we have received God's grace, that we are loved by God. We are given the peace of God. We are raised with Christ. We are set free from sin. We have no condemnation. We've been adopted into the family of God. God is for us. We've been called. We've been glorified. We've been justified. Nothing can separate us. And we're accepted. These are the first 15 chapters, all of Romans. Just Paul laying on the love of God. And if you're anything like me, when you hear pieces about the Bible, like phrases like this, you're exhilarated by it. But you may also think, I don't know what some of those phrases actually mean. I don't know what that means for the love of God to mean that I'm actually justified by. What does that mean? And here's where the good news is for you this morning. If you don't know what some of those phrases mean, Romans 16 is the best news. Because the love of God is not just something that is spoken. The love of God is also something that is experienced. And this is where you get to the end of Paul's chapter. Because Paul, after he has said all these incredible and amazing things, all of these incredible phrases, He doesn't recap all the content like it's a podcast. He doesn't lay all this information out again to be like, if you didn't hear it, hear it from me again. No, no, the way Paul finishes this letter is he talks about and he reaches out to and he greets the people who he's actually experienced love. Now, here's the thing. When you go through these different names, when you start reading about Paul's experience, you will question your hooked on phonics ability. You will question, did you actually learn the English language? Okay, And I'm going to tell you, if you're new to faith, I know it is upsetting. If you're new to faith, I'm going to tell you that there's two types of Christians that read the Bible. Okay, There's one group of Christians that read the Bible that they fake it till they make it, right? 
they read through all the names so confidently that you're like, wow, they actually knew all of those names just right off the bat. And then there's also the Christians that when they read and run to those names, they go, you know, I, I write to you greeting philosophy. You know what? I don't know the name of that. I don't know who that person's name is. Okay, so we're going to actually experience how awkward it is to actually say some of these names. Okay, all right. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run you through an exercise. I'm going to display one of the names on the screen. Some of you are not buying into this. You're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm going to display to you one of the names that Paul reads from this passage. And here's what you've got to do. I'm going to display it on the screen, and you have to say it out loud just as you would read it, okay? There's only one way you fail at this activity. It's if you actually don't say the name, okay? All right, so we're going to give you a warm-up, okay? This is going to be a super easy one. you got to stay with me. Some of you are not bought in. you got to buy in, okay? All right, I'm going to display it, and you got to say the name out loud, all right? I'm going to point to it. Ready? One, two, three. All right, greetings to, wonderful. I took some liberties with the text. Okay, that's not in there. If you search the scriptures, you will not find them. It's a shame, but you won't. Okay, all right, so you're warmed up. You're warmed up. All right, we ready for the next one? You did well on that one. Here we go. Greetings to, and my coworkers in Christ Jesus. You know, Captain Axe, you know, you know. All right, here we go. That was good. Here's another one. Greetings to, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Justin told me y'all were well-read. I knew you could handle that one. And my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. We ready for the last one? <laughs> Greetings to... And the other brothers and sisters around them. Romans 16, 14 is meant to destroy your pride. Okay? That's what that's supposed to do. Paul will give you all these random names. All these names that are hard to be able to speak. All these names that aren't recognizable to you. Here's what I want you to hear so close. When you read through all these names, and I hope you felt it as I read through them today, you may have thought in your mind, who even cares about it? And the answer is, is that Paul does. Because these names that Paul lists is the people that Paul is living love with. That Paul is actually working out the first 15 chapters of Roman, all these different ways of expressing the love of God. In chapter 16, these are the people that he's actually living this out. That the love of God is meant to not just be spoken about, but to also be that it comes in person, comes in the flesh. The Christian faith is one that recognizes that the love of God comes in person, that the love of God comes tangibly through flesh. The gospel is that God stepping into the darkness, the void, the unexplainable that we have, is that God came in flesh for you to be able to encounter the love of God. Let me give you a story that people tell with this. Every parent in the room is going to understand this story. Uh, there's a story that's told uh, about a daughter and a mother. And uh, the daughter is asleep at night. It's late. Let's say it's 3 a.m., okay? And it's late at night, and she is spooked by something. So she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she says what every child says to a parent. She screams from her room and goes, 
Mom, I'm scared. Would you come to my room? And every parent who knows that's woken up at 3 a.m. says what we all want to say. She actually says it. She goes, no. But she goes, I'm scared. She goes, I understand that. But don't worry. This is a teaching moment. Don't worry. The Lord is with you in your room. So don't be scared. The daughter pauses for a moment. And then afterwards, she says, I know the Lord's with me. I just need someone with skin in the room with me. That is the message of Romans, of the message of Jesus Christ, is that God is a God who came with skin. God is a God who responded to people by saying, I will put skin in the game. God's message is one that says, I come in person. And in coming in person, I also come through my people. Now, here's the flip side that I want you to hear in this Romans 16 passage that's extremely long. In these lists of names, Paul is listing the people who he has experienced the love of God. But he's also listing these names because they're the people who are helping him mature in the love of God as well. Let me show you what I'm talking about with this passage. When Paul actually lists this, people who have a close read of Scripture actually go, I want you to remember how the letters in the New Testament work. There's a principle effect. When you read a letter in the Bible, like Romans, when you read it, usually there's an assumption. When it comes to an author actually writing it, usually there's not much of a need to actually disclose the names. If you're writing a letter and you don't say much of the names, it's assumed, I know the people that I'm writing to. But if you notice, Paul is doing overtime, right? Like he, he lays it on thick. He gives you so many different names. And one of the reasons for this that many people believe is Paul is throwing out all these names. He's saying all these different people. Why? Because Paul is talking to multiple camps and groups of believers. Let me show you in the text. In verse 5, he actually says, to the church in the house of Priscilla and Aquila. The, in verse 10, he says, the church among the house of Aristopolis had practiced that three times in the mirror. Those among the house of Narcissus in verse 11. Asyntochus and his brothers and sisters in verse 14. Philogus and the Lord's holy people in verse 15. Paul, a lot of people believe, is writing to five different groups. And get this, this is where your Bible gets right in your world. He's writing to five groups of people, five churches, that wouldn't be just known for their names. He would be, they would be known for what they were known for with their opinions and their thoughts. And they weren't all on the same page. That Paul is actually, he's like bringing massive group text or this massive email together. And he's saying, I want to make sure I touch every corner and every group that has a different thought in a different way. Because if you look back in Romans 14, 15, they're talking about things of like, what days should we celebrate and how should we treat the Sabbath? Topics of the day that were very discussionable, possibly divisional. I know the church today could never imagine any of those things that could be divisive or hard for the church. And Paul says, 
I'm going to highlight every single house, church, and group. And here's what I want you to hear. Not only does the church help you experience the love of God, and this is going to get in your world if you let it. Not only does it let you experience the love, it also teaches you how to mature in the love. The greatest sign of maturing in love is being able to love people who are coming from a different place than you. To be loving and maturing in a place and in people that you may not understand, that you may not resonate with, that you may have a different experience, that you may have a different opinion. The maturity sign of love is can you be unified all together? That is the maturing of love. Not only experiencing that love, but maturing in that love together. And this is what Paul brings out. And he says it in the end of this letter. Here's another way of putting it that Hebrews tells us. God will not forget your work and the love you have shown God as you have helped his people and continue to help them. If you want to love God, if you want to know how to love God, one of the ways to do that is to love God's for exactly where they are and exactly where they're coming from. To be able to love them, to be with them, is a way to actually mature us in our love that we have for God. The church is God's open house. It is the place where the love of God is tested where it is tried, it is matured, and it comforts as well. That we actually mature as we are a part of the church. When you are in this room, when you are worshiping with other people, you actually are being transformed to love people that you may not rub shoulders with the rest of them. I think one of the greatest temptations for the church these days is for us to be able to treat church like your iPhone. If you listen to the language that we even use, and I am the most guilty person in using this language, our language is revealing. We say things like, if you plug into church, implying that you plug in to receive energy, and then you unplug, and then you basically leave until you are drained again, and then you plug back in. Now, some of you who have been here for generations, you would know that that has never been the intention when it comes to church, but that is the most tempting thing for our day in COVID is to view it as something as that instead of something that transforms us, something that moves us, something that brings us. I believe that we have room to be able to mature in our love. I believe that we have room when we get really focused on what our preferences are, instead of people who may not know God, we have room to mature. When we get extremely focused on correcting people's perception of God more than being the presence of God to them, I think we have room to mature. If we walk into this room or to our gatherings and we ask, how many people reached out to me instead of how many people did I reach out to, we have room to mature. And one of the beautiful things about church is it is this natural rhythm of being able to have this opportunity. 
Let me put it to you this way. If you come to Round Rock Church of Christ and you walk down the hallway and you see someone face to face that you go, I would not, I would not organically spend my weekend with that human being. If you walk down this hall and you go, okay, I have to brace for impact because I do not know what sister so-and-so is going to say to me. If you walk down this hallway and you go, that is a person that I know I may disagree. Paul in Romans 16 would say, welcome to church. Welcome to the transforming love of God, the love that you can experience and the love that you can also mature in to be able to know. Let me wrap up by saying this. You've been to church and you've completely forgotten someone's name and you feel extremely guilty about it. Yeah, welcome to my life this week. Some of you are spicy, okay? I did not, I was not ready for how much personality this church has. You know those of you who I'm talking to. I was not ready. I met one lady last week. I meet her, and she immediately after, I repeat her name, and then she she goes, don't, don't act like you remember my name. (laughs) You go, oh my goodness, that was so blunt, and you ask me, what was her name? I don't remember her name. (laughs) She knows. She knows. You ever forgotten someone's name at church? It's okay. Welcome. This is what church is. It takes time to get in the room and be around other people to be able to learn the name. And not just the name, but to learn the story that is behind the name. I want to recommend to you as we start this fall, Remember the names. If you want to get down to the nitty gritty of experiencing God's love and also maturing in God's love, it starts with the names. It starts with remembering the names. It starts with knowing the names and the stories and naming those stories behind those names. So my recommendation to you is recommit to your small group if you're a part. My recommendation to you is go to a Bible class right after this service. My recommendation to you is, if you've been around this church for a while, find someone and tell them that they always have permission to sit next to you and then remember their name. My recommendation to you is talk as a family and decide what is something we are going to do to make sure that we check back into church and what's happening with it. And I know, I know I'm talking to 930. I know I'm talking to the choir. Like, I know that y'all are in this. We have to be able to display this and show this to the people who come to this church that may not know the Lord. That we need to show them that this God knows their name and that we will call them by name. That we're going to be people who actually hold the name. So let me get to why my wife and I came to this church. We came to this church Because quite frankly, we believe that you hold the names. We experience with different people, people calling each other by name, and it felt like y'all were family to one one another. And you know why? Because you are. You're family in Christ to one another, and my wife and I found that contagious and compelling, and we thought it was beautiful. And then on top of that, and for anyone who's checking out Round Rock, this is one of the best things Round Rock has going for it is this church 
is unapologetic in naming how it wants to love, how it wants to love each other, how it wants to love Ramrod. To be able to be a church, I mean, it is beautiful to be able to be a church that says we are going to live love through welcoming people home, to be able to say we're going to be genuine, to say we're going to be together, to say we're going to change and changing, to say we're going to be open-handed, to be able to say that we're brave, to be able to say we're celebrating together. This church is very clear on the ways that it wants to live love, how it actually does it. And that is something that I think is contagious. And I think it's something that our world and our culture is great. How do I get formed by this message of God, this church? This church has done the hard work to say. Maybe I'll just put it in a simpler way. My wife and I came to this church because we believe that we can experience God's love with you, but we can also be matured in God's love. In other words, we're ready. I'm going to go ahead and invite our discipleship minister, Matt Delano. I always want to say Delano because it sounds like a cookie, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Matt is our discipleship minister. He oversees our small groups. And today we are going to finish by blessing the people who lead our small groups because the people who have said yes this fall, committing to being in our small groups, you are the holders of the names. You remember the names. You gather the names. You constantly email and call the names when you don't see the names. You are the holder and protector of the names. You are the people that help us live love. So it's only appropriate to finish the sermon today by blessing our own Romans 16. Amen. As Zane mentioned, uh, we want to continue and close worship this morning by blessing uh, some of the people in this church um, who help create and foster spaces of belonging. And so I want to invite anyone in this room who is a small group leader uh, to come up front uh, to the stage right now. Um, and if you do not feel comfortable coming up forward, uh, please feel free uh, to stand where you are. And y'all, if you are interested, if this is your first time with us, uh, just to give you a quick glimpse, um, small groups are a huge part of this church, uh, so much so that we will not be able to fit everybody on the stage, most likely. Um, but if you want to find deeper community, um, please reach out to me. Uh, so that we can get you connected. But church now, would you pray with me uh, as, as we bless these leaders? God of belonging, thank you for every single small group leader, every person who has willingly given you the permission to use them to be bearers of belonging. God, I'm so thankful for the countless prayers, the meals made, the meals delivered, the conversations had, the moments planned by the people here on this stage. And God, as Zane mentioned this morning, love isn't just spoken, but lived between people. And I thank you, God, that these people, these individuals have see, sought out living love. And they are the people who brings, bring names together for the sake of belonging. And God, we thank you for their willingness to lead in a time in which being together is complicated. And God, we ask that you would continue to bless these folks and their families uh, to be protected and to persevere even when things are hard. And God, we pray for moments of celebration and of deep joy over 
and over again this year. God, continue to equip them with your spirit of hospitality, of patience, and of faithfulness. God, we want to be a church of small groups, a place where people can naturally find groups within their midst that allow each and every person at this church to be both welcomed and loved, to be both vulnerable and genuinely themselves. And as we seek this together, we say thank you, God. Thank you, God, that these leaders have chosen to not fixate on correcting someone's view of you or um, of what you should be or what you are to them, but rather they have decided to simply be the presence of God for the people around them. We love you and we ask this blessing over these leaders. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's give these folks a hand as they head back to their seats. Church, uh, it has been uh, so good to be together again. Um, it has been so good to be together and to have Carolina and Zane uh, with us and for Zane to preach for the first time as our preaching minister. Um, and we just want to say again, if this is your first time with us, welcome. Thank you for trusting us with uh, your time and with this space. We know it can be intimidating. We know it can be challenging. But we're so glad you're here. And additionally, this morning, I want to just remind you, if you would like to continue to contribute to the work of this church, um, feel free to contribute financially in the box at the back. Uh, but you can also head to roundrockchurch.us give uh, to donate at any time. This is my blessing for y'all for this week. Actually, would you stand uh, as I bless you this week? God, we crave the courage that comes from your presence. We long to do your will and to seek your face as we do. And as we move into this space, we ask that you make us brave knowing that we are not alone. Go and live love. Thank you.